Support for Class Dismissed comes from School Status. School Status helps educators at every level take control of student data for increased outcomes and meaningful stakeholder engagement. Find out more at schoolstatus.com. You are listening to Class Dismissed, Episode 80. I'm your host, Nick Ortego. We have good news about the teacher grant program that was trying to take advantage of hardworking teachers and a school district turned over lunch debt to a collection agency. Stay with us. Class Dismissed is the podcast that inspires educators through story. Each week, we cover some of the hottest topics and news in the world of education. Plus, we hear from a guest with a bright idea for education that you can apply in your community. This week, how teachers are knocking down language barriers with parents using an app. Hello, everybody. Nick Ortego here, and I'm joined by teacher extraordinaire, Lissa Pruitt. Lissa, how are you doing? I'm great. Uh, we're giving Russ the evening off as we are approaching the uh, Christmas holidays here. Are you uh, getting excited about Christmas? Oh, I can tell you the kids are at school. I mean, uh, it is like caging, like animals. Well, and then the thing is, <laughs> so I know exciting. I know for you guys, um, and I don't know how it is across the country, but next week is a full week of school. Full week, yeah. All the way to the 21st. 21st. Yes. And that kind of feels late because it feels like usually they're out by like the 18th. Yeah, it just depends on how Christmas yeah, falls, falls. Yeah. you know, so... But yeah, it is. It's a full, full week. Yeah. That's going to be tough. That, that yeah. 20, like, what are you going to do on the 21st and the 20, for the 20th even? Yeah. Um, I mean, are you I, watching movies? We're, we're, I am, I think this is interesting. Teachers, if you ask teachers, some teachers are business as usual people, you know, and then some teachers are like, let's do all these out of the box things all week long. So I am one that sticks to business as usual. So in my class, Obviously, we're we're gonna have fun, but um, but if I stick to structure and practices Monday through Thursday, I mean the wheels will definitely start falling off on Thursday. But surely I can rain them in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's how I feel. So that's what we'll be doing. I mean, we'll we're doing some games and things, but we're still having class. Good luck. <laughs> I know. With, with I know. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and jump into the teacher's lounge, Lissa. So uh, tell me about the uh, story that we have today. It's one we've been following for a while, right? Yes, this is, okay, Christmas has totally come early for some teachers. We Or justice, depending on that. Absolutely, same, yeah, um, same difference. So the grant program through the state, I mean, not state department, through the... Federal. The federal grant program um, that is kind of like where you agree to go teach for four years in an area that they say is a a high need area for teachers, usually poverty driven, um, that you up yourself, move there, you teach and they pay back your loans. But we did an episode, we've mentioned this a couple of times, where small errors and paperwork and things like that were causing, you know, some teachers $24,000 in debt because they didn't sign one page or because they submitted it the day after the deadline. Um, or or like so, they, their paperwork got lost in the mail and they didn't apply right. back in time. Right. It, you, you have to do it year by year. You have to submit paperwork year by year. It has to be signed off by people in your district and you have to prove that you've been teaching, even right. though they're the ones that sent you there to teach. So even though people were teaching. 
Absolutely. Then they're they're still like, nope, sorry, we're not going to pay your loan, and you have interest on well, top and, of and it. And I just want to make sure everyone understands, it was basically like they were given a grant, so like it was money they didn't have to pay back, and when the paperwork was done improperly, the the department or the. This is the TEACH grant program. They were flipping those to a loan. Converted them to a loan. That's yeah, right. With interest. And said, sorry, we can't undo the process. No matter how many teachers called and said, oh my gosh, are you serious? You know, I've been doing this program for three years. This is my last year. And now you're not going to pay back any of it. And I have, you know, $24,000 in debt and interest. And, right. and so they were so like, sorry, long. sorry, yeah. well, there's nothing we can do. Right. So we've talked about that. And it's just been this huge outcry of this is wrong. This is not fair. And I should say that with the TEACH grant, you have eight years to to do your service. And so eight years. So some of these teachers, you know, are now at the end of that time frame. So they're kind of up against the wall. Um, but the education department has released recently that they're going to erase those debts. They're going to flip those loans that even though those teachers, yeah, it's like it never happened. Even those, those teachers were told, Nope, we can't do anything about it. They're like, Nope, we're going to fix this. You will have, it'll just be erased. And, and even if you started paying back that debt, they're going to reimburse you for what you paid. Right. Now, the only people that it still kind of stinks for is the people that were at the end of their window of time and so like they maybe they put in three years and then when this happened they threw their hands up and said well never mind i'm going to move and not teach here anymore no, i'm going to go move somewhere they that didn't stick it out they didn't stick it out and so then they still have to go make up that time but they ha- there's teachers that have they're relocated and they're at a school that is not one of these schools approved, yeah. that it's approved by the teach grant so there are a few people that are saying but i mean they're thankful that it has been fixed. They say by the end of January, all should be well. What it, what it sounds like to me is it, they had a third party managing this stuff, the, the federal government. You know, they basically, they signed it to a, a company that was managing the teach grant programs. And it was that company that was getting a little harsh and ridiculous about these rules and this paperwork. And supposedly right? the paperwork was really confusing and right. um, just very hard. Even, even the teach grant people said, yeah, you know, it is hard and yeah, but I will say, since you mentioned this third party company, the F- Fed loan is who handled the loans when they were flipped to loans and they have all this documentation of reaching out to the teach grant and saying, we have a problem with this. This isn't right. We're fielding calls and this doesn't seem forgiving in any way. This doesn't seem fair. You know, they actually had the paperwork. They were reaching in. out to the federal government, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And saying, we, we can reverse these loans. And, we and don't have the to do this. red tape of bureaucracy, they weren't responding. Or, That's right. Yeah. They were just like, nope, there's nothing we can do. This is the rules. This is, you know. So there was very much a, it reminds me of um, Christmas Vacation, you know, um, the lampoon's christmas vacation where the boss comes to the house and is like you know what i've somewhere along the way i forgot that yeah, people yeah, yeah, the, you know, scene, that the yeah. people that are working for me are people and 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 i was just worried about the bottom line of blah blah so they released the the teach grant uh, in the department of education they released you know this statement that sounded very much like from that movie just you know what i think we got a little caught up on paperwork and details and deadlines and we forgot about the people that were out there that were giving right. for 4 years and that is not lost on us and we will make this right well and here's the question all of this came to light 
because of NPR. It was just good journalism. You know, they had someone brought it to their attention. They picked it's up true. the story. They ran with it. They have a big platform. And it just makes me wonder, do you think this would be reversed? Do you think we would see this reaction if it weren't for the media bringing, shining a bright light on this? I have to say no, because when you, I have read many things, you know, you can get on these chat sites and it's all these teachers. I mean, we're talking about one in three teachers were affected by this that are are involved in the teach grant. That's 12,000 teachers that are going to be either reimbursed or, you know, or forgiven for debt that they should not have had. But they all say that they called and called and that they were crying. Like, and somebody's got to help me. And everybody's like, sorry, you can try, but nothing's going to change. And and so, no, I think this is a a good example of sometimes when you – have to shine a light on something, then that unfortunately is what makes people do the right thing that they should have been doing from the get-go. Right. Well, it's good that that one has a happy ending. I've got one that kind of got my blood boiling a little bit. <laughs> and this one's out of Rhode Island, okay? And 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 I've even thought about this one long and hard, so I want to see where you are before I tell you what I think. But this, this school, um, the Cranston School District in Rhode Island, has hired a collection agency to recover unpaid student lunch balances. Um, so basically students haven't been able, they're, they're still feeding the kids, which they should, but now this collection agency, which is probably going to be a portion of their debt is going to be handed over. And I guess this collection agency will be contacting the parents. Um, they say that between September of 2016 and June 30th of 2018, the school district wrote off 95,000. He said the unpaid balance for the current academic year is 45,000. So basically it sounds like about $45,000 a year that they're short to pay for lunches. Do you have any sympathy for the district in that case? I mean, yes. It's This is hard because, you know, I'm a teacher. So we see the children that that we, we wish that they had the free or reduced lunch, and they don't. And then, but of course they're hungry and they want to eat, and of course they're going to let them get a tray, you know? And so it just adds up and adds up. So I... I, I feel for both sides. I do I do understand that the district can't just, you know, there's a there's a program for free lunches. And so clearly these people are not, they should be involved in that program, but there's a stigma. And so they encourage people to sign up for the free or reduced lunch program, but they won't do it. The, the families won't do it because they don't want to be labeled or the stigma, but then they can't pay their balances. And I really do, when I just think of the, almost 700 children that I teach in a week, I know that some of those people that should be on the free or reduced lunch that are not, I know their parents can't pay it. It's not that they're not paying it. I think that they can't pay it. And I know last year I, there was a local law enforcement officer that started this thing of, Hey, you want to do something, pay somebody's lunch fines. And we were able to pay off so many fines just by asking people to donate. Um, I mean, it is a problem. And I do think, you know, well, yeah, you don't want to say, well, we're just going to keep charging lunch because somebody will come and pay it off. But I do feel like they don't have, I mean, I, this is going to break your heart, Nick, but today at school, today, I, we found a lunchbox out in Carline. Mm-hmm. So we go to see who's the lunchbox is, no name. We open it up. And this is in the morning time. Mm-hmm. The, it is full of just, it looks like someone, ha- a child, has taken whatever they could find 
and just put it in the box. Just like so loose items. There was no Ziploc bag. Right. No, it was just like a few Oreos, a, you know, a few chocolate chip cookies, some Skittles. Yeah, like they just nothing healthy, nutritious. Right. And, you know, you can make a joke like, wow, you know, I want to be friends with that kid. That's a great, right, you know, right. but you know that that child made that lunch themselves. Right. And that was all yeah, they could muster up, you know. And yeah. It's so it's a problem. It's a huge problem. And I know we did an episode where I think it was New York. Yeah. Everyone eats, you know, like yeah. yeah. And I just wish they if they're gonna always pay that much, the district is gonna mm. end up paying that much in debt and debt collectors and all that. I wonder, oh, and how much is it to just say, you know what, let's do what New York is doing and let's just have it be Well, and so that's kind of where I am on it. I think, you know, and there's maybe a superintendent listening who could tell me why I'm wrong. And yeah. please write in and tell me why I'm wrong. But I feel like if we're talking forty five thousand dollars for this Rhode Island school district, you budget forty five thousand dollars a year, essentially. Like, I mean, you just and you you eat it. Like you you have to to expect to lose that money it's gonna be it's it's a part of a cost of running a district and and don't tell me you can't find forty five thousand dollars anywhere whether that's maybe a piece of software that you aren't really using anymore maybe a position that you know is you're bloated in the the main office i don't know but i feel like kids do have a a right to eat and i don't know that that cost has to be pushed back on to the parents so much because like you said they just don't have the money on top of that, I think even if you budgeted for it, I think you could also be open about the fact that you budget for it and be open about the fact that like, we're going to lose money, This, but this is what we do. And you make an announcement every year and and possibly even make a campaign. And I don't know what the rules are in terms of doing that, but I'm sure someone might even make a campaign for you, like you said, to a GoFundMe account to say, yeah. all right, you know what? The community is going to get behind here because this is the right thing to do. Right. But you know, whatever you don't raise, we're going to pay for it. And this is what we do, and it's because we know it's the right thing to do. And I just think a collection agency isn't the right thing to no, do. No, it's not. And, and so, I mean, the, the children are there all day. And so you already have the teachers buying their snacks, you right. know, because they're going to have snack time. And of course, they're not going to have a snack. And so you have teachers that have snacks just for those children that don't have a snack. And right. so, you know, everybody's got to pitch in. Yeah. So anyways, something to, to think about. Uh, on that one. Are you uh, ready for the bright idea? Yeah. This is episode uh, 80 that we're doing here. And um, we've never actually had a bright idea that actually came from our sponsor, School Status. But I saw something that's very honorable. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, 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 you know, they've let us kind of, you know, pick and choose things as we go. But and they're like, hey, over here. Right. Exactly. Hey, but, look at us. Right. They've never pushed me. But we're like, you know, it's really great. And they're like, what? Yeah. And then it's not, oh, it's this. Well, they, they hit a significant milestone with their communication software, and that is they you know build the software which allows teachers to contact parents easily, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get into how easy it is, but um, they just sent their millionth message from teacher to parent, and they like, had a big you know award ceremony and so forth well, for the teacher so cool. out of Tupelo, Mississippi. They drove up there and everything. And That's awesome. Stay tuned. Our guest in today's Bright Idea segment is the Vice President of Development and Operations at School Status. Nick Peterman has been with School Status since its inception in 2012, and he was instrumental in the rollout of their teacher-parent communication tool that just hit a major milestone. Nick, welcome to the show. Great. It's good to be here, man. Um, So this is a pretty big deal. At least I think it is. I imagine you guys do as well. You guys um, have always been a company that's, you know, tracked analytics and data on students and test scores and attendance and all that type of good stuff. But 
somewhere within the past, I don't know, year or two years, I'll let you tell me, you created a, a communication tool for teachers and parents. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So um, right about uh, 2016, we introduced calling as a, as a feature so that, uh, you know, teachers could reach out uh, using calling. That's something that teachers are already doing. And there's a lot of barriers to that. You know, it's phones aren't necessarily in the classroom. So if you go chase down a phone in the lounge or somewhere, and if they try to call with their, you know, personal number, then their personal number's out. So, you know, we started out just uh, trying to, to uh, block, knock down that barrier, so to speak, so that they could just sit at their computer, you know, in their during their off period, or to use their cell phone without giving up their number and make make out make those contacts. And really, what what we really were trying to do with that is to get them to start making having conversations with parents about the data that they were seeing, in, you know, from the data product side. And so that's that was really the focus of getting that going. And of course, you know. Texting is uh, sometimes a better platform as parents are commonly at work. And so being able to reach out to them via text and or other methods, even email, uh, was just a natural progression into that. And so we let, began to layer the texting on. Uh, and then this past year is really where uh, we really kind of set it on fire. We, we opened it up to all of our customers um, and they just took to it. It was amazing. So so if I understand this right, when you first started the calling, another feature that I think a lot of administrators and teachers for that matter really liked was all those calls were being, I guess, documented. It was like a phone log and it recorded the conversation. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what it was a lot of paperwork, right? So, you know, there's there's not an educator out there that says, hey, speaking with parents is a bad thing. Like everybody knows uh, that every, every teacher knows that if I can have conversations with parents, I can generally get more out of my students. And so it's just the barriers that are involved with that. And so they were, they were already doing calling and they were having to, you know, like do things like go find a phone in the lounge and carry a phone number with them and, and call and take any information that they wanted to have the conversation about with them to do that. And so it just, it just, they were already doing that, but it was cumbersome for them. And so for them to be able to just sit at their computer, have that conversation, uh, you know, have the data in front of them, just remove that barrier completely out of the way. And so we took something they were already doing and made it a lot easier for them. Help me draw a picture uh, for those listening. As I understand it, you basically you have a web page or it's an app in your phone. That's the school status app. And mm-hmm. you can go to, say, a student and see their data, but you just basically put a button in there to allows you to communicate with the parent as well. Is it, is it as simple as that? It's as simple as that, really. We, we had all of the data already available for teachers so that when they were making instructional decisions about a specific student, that they had the cumulative data about that student. So any benchmark assessments, state assessments, uh, diagnostic and prescriptive uh, products that they're using was all in one place so that they could very easily uh, you know, pull that up and look at the student as a whole. And so really all we did was just add a button under the contact information. Uh, there's a little icon of a phone. They click that and it initiates the call. And so what it'll do is they can use their computer or if they prefer, it can bridge the call to their cell phone and then it'll, it'll bridge the call out to the parent. So if they want to just use their cell phone, they can do that as well. Or they can download our app and do it straight through the app 
without having to, you know, log into the program. So and so when that number rings the parent, it's a it's a different number that I guess you guys assign for that conversation. That's right. It's it's a it's a unique number that's paired to that parent and that student. So if the parent wants to call that number back, they can save it in their phone as, you know, John's teacher and or John's math teacher. And so uh, then they can use that same number to text. It's basically a, con- a direct connection with the teacher without without them revealing their personal information. And that's how that was, again, another barrier for for a teacher is you know not wanting to give up their personal information. So so you took that natural next step. You expanded to, to texting. You said that was about a year ago. Uh, a little over a year ago, we started it and we started rolling it out Uh offering it to a few districts and then now it's this in this past school year it's just been full-fledged and we're you know that that's why the million mile milestone mark is huge for us because it really didn't take us that long to get there and you know we're on pace right now for the end of the school year to be over three and a half million wow okay just in text so, so yeah i hadn't actually even dropped the number yet but you just said it for me it's a millionth text message you guys just had send between basically a teacher and parent communication. And you said, I'm sorry, you guys are on track to hit 3 million win? Three and a half million by the end of the school year. Is That's that's where we're on pace. And wow. I got to tell you, we've been watching these numbers as they come through from my position. And every time we make a prediction, we get outpaced in, within the next few months because teachers are just really adopting it. It's, it's, a, way, it's a way that they want to communicate. Have you been humbled by the amount that it's getting used? Has this surprised you how much it's getting used? It's kind of both ways. I'm very humbled by it because I know that these are uh, of I know that teachers were calling and making conversations, but it was more of a, you know, my principal said I needed to do this. I need to do this. And, you know, trying to have a conversation with a parent who's going to actually be available during a specific teacher's planning time is not something that is generally going to work out very well because, you know, parents have to work, too. And so you usually wind up leaving messages, right? And then they got to get back to them. And so that was just a a, a difficult thing. So it's it's encouraging me and humbling me to know that these conversations are actually being had, and and that wouldn't that would would before this not have you know they wouldn't have had those conversations. And so having them the ability to text gives them that sort of asynchronous ability to have that conversation because, you know, I can send a text to a parent. It can sit there and wait until they're able to respond to us or to the teacher. And, you know, and that conversation then can, can then be extended. Uh, and it's just, it's just fantastic. And, and I didn't really expect, I expected them to pick it up and adopt it. The rate at which they're adopting it has just been insane. The, I know you guys added another tool in there and you had a, at your millionth celebration, um, I think that you'll had, uh, within the past uh, week or so, mm-hmm. there were teachers there talking about the importance of what you guys, I guess, call it the translation feature that's built in within the texting. And and what I mean by that, from, if I'm understanding this right, like you can communicate via text with a, maybe a parent who speaks no English because you built in a translation tool in there. Absolutely. And so in, in, in every text that we send out, um, you have the ability to, for the teacher, type up the text and then there's a button there they can put that translates it. They can choose the language that it needs to be translated. It'll make the translation and send the text. And we've even had some, some teachers, you know, say that they're speaking with, te- uh, 
uh, parents that they never would have been able to speak to because of that language barrier. And in some cases, those parents aren't even realizing that our teachers aren't fluid in that language. So you, that's just yet another barrier that this that this uh, tool has allowed to, us to overcome. It's just been fantastic. And, and I imagine, I mean, most people probably think, oh, well, Spanish is the, the likely language, but I, I, does this work for all languages or most languages? It's up to 150 languages, I think we're at now. So um, it's it's really robust. There's there's it's unlikely that you're going to encounter a language that uh, we can't you know we can't support. I know it's you know because of privacy reasons and stuff. I, I personally would love to talk to a parent who maybe can't speak English, but yet they're communicating with their teacher like what this means to them. But have you ever heard of any stories from a teacher or, or a parent or anybody from anywhere who's kind of like, wow, this this has been a deal breaker. This is a game changer for us. Well, and that's exactly what I was just describing is, is, you know, we, we have, you know, we, we obviously, we're just like any company, we send out a net promoter score, which asks people, would you recommend this program uh, to your colleagues and friends? And, and in through that process, we get a lot of uh, feedback in that regard where folks are saying to us directly, look, these are conversations I wouldn't be having. And I certainly wouldn't be having them in a different language. And that's that's exactly what they're saying. Well, let me ask you this. I, I mean, communication tools and teachers, I mean, we've always kind of considered text messages. And then I know you've had other companies come out like Remind. How is this different than Remind? This is one-to-one where, where Remind's like a mass text, right? Well, there are some one-to-one features uh, in Remind. But uh, for us, it's about what, what has always been is about marrying that data to the conversation. And so... <clears throat> You know, from from my fifth grade science class, right, there's there's this fire triangle, right? So you have oxygen, fuel, and heat. And if you remove any one of those three things, then you don't have a fire. Well, if you think about engagement, you have parent, teacher, and student. And if you really take any one of those people one of those people out of that, then student engagement's not going to be where it needs to be. And so parental engagement results in student engagement, and student engagement results in student achievement. And, and there's no educator out there that's not going to agree with that statement because that's just the absolute truth. Do you find that administrators like the, the logging feature of it in the sense that maybe they can, if they're, they have a parent who's upset and says, well, you didn't tell me X or you didn't tell me Y about, about my child, that the, the fact that these conversations and text messages and calls are, are all logged is, is a tool for them? Absolutely. I mean, there's there are instances where, you know, those conversations need to be brought to the attention of a principal or a district level administrator. But in general, having the recordings, uh, the conversations recorded, which we we let both parties know that that's what's going on, um, having that uh, log of text information so that they can go back and review the conversations, it, it does put it put everybody uh, in this sort of frame of mind that we're here to talk about the student and we're all doing it in the best interest of the student. And so it it does create, it does, in my view, open up a dialogue that's uh, supportive and not confrontational in any way. But when you do have those problems, that's, that's what the administrators and and, uh, the people in the central office do like about the product at one that they can manage and, and ensure that communication is going on between the parents and the teachers, but then also too, if there's a need to uh, intervene, and then they have the the information to do that with. How quickly are are you all growing at school status? I mean, is this are you seeing more and more school districts want to get on board with this type of product? 
Yeah, it really is. It's it's when we started out in 2012 with a data only product, we 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 thought that was important. We still believe in that. Uh, aggregating data in school data systems is a very tough lift. It's a heavy challenge. It's not something that's easily done, but we fight that fight because we want them to have conversations. You know, we do we do provide opportunities for them to send out sort of a, what we call a broadcast message, so that they can message, uh, you know, a whole class or a group. They can set up a student group of so maybe a subset of students in a class that may not that may need to perform, you know, on certain, uh, in certain areas, uh, they can do that. And that way it just, <clears throat> it gives them the opportunity to reach a larger group without having to do it. But the responses to that come back, uh, one-on-one. And so that allows them to, you know, effectively get the information out and then handle any of the back and forth between the individuals one-on-one. But what we wanted to do was to look, having conversations, with parents via text or phone or email, whatever, whatever method is, is most, uh, effective for that parent teacher, um, is, is, it has to be centered around something, right? Like we're not, we've not really been interested and been hesitant to adopt sort of this, you know, the school's out tomorrow kind of messaging. Uh, those are sort of plant management type things where you're just managing a, a large group of students and, and we, we weren't, necessarily interested in that. What we're really interested in are those conversations, that outreach that is going to make changes in the classroom and help students in their instructional, you know, in their instructional endeavors. And so that's been the focus since the inception and layering these communications on there. Because before, when we first started, it was about having, it was always about having the conversations so that they had the data to have these in-person conversations. And so you know, the the next logical step to that was, hey, look, we have these communication tools out in the world available to us. Let's utilize these platforms so that the other barrier of them being face-to-face in person is not there as well. Uh, I'm not a computer developer, but just listening to all the different things that you guys do in terms of, you know, aggregating the data and then storing all these conversations, like, that sounds pretty complex. Like, how do you pull it's, that off? It's very complex, and we have some very, very smart people that work for us <laughs> that that make all that happen. And they they're excited about it. They get the mission. Everybody in our company gets what we're after and what we want to do. And so they're just they're just on. I mean, they're excited and happy to to try to make it work. And it is a difficult challenge, and we do you know get get in ruts sometimes. But at the end of the day, they're committed to the cause because they understand what we're trying to do. All right, Nick Peterman, again, we appreciate your time. It's uh, schoolstatus.com if anyone wants to find out more. That's the website. Are you guys on social media? Is that a good place to track you down as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, on Twitter, Facebook. And just yep. type type in school status. I'm sure they'll find you. Yep. Just like all of our guests, we've got to get you to do our pop quiz. Are you ready to take our pop quiz? Oh, absolutely. I love this. I'm glad I get to take it. All right. First question. If students could only go to school for one subject, which subject should it be? I think it should be math. I'm a math guy, former math teacher, so I'm a little biased on that one. So I'm going to say math. What are we not teaching in school that we should be teaching? Uh, I think we should be teaching more financial literacy. We probably do teach that at some part of the class, but I think it should be in its own class. I think that we need to spend more time preparing students for the reality of life 
budget management, that kind of thing. I think that's an important thing. What does every child deserve? A free and education and a teacher that cares about them. What's the biggest challenge for today's educators? Time. They don't have enough time. What's the best gift to give an educator? What I just said, time. Give them the time to uh, have these conversations and to work with these students and parents. Which teacher changed your life? I had a lot of really, really good teachers, but I'll have to say it was uh, Cynthia Smith. She taught me seventh and eighth grade math. She formed my desire to teach math, and I modeled a lot of my teaching after her. And, you know, she recently passed away, and that was a hard pill to swallow for me, but uh, it's definitely her. She, she, she gave me the beginnings of what I didn't know at the time were the tools to, to be an effective math teacher. And I'll, uh, I'll carry that with me as long as I'm alive. Good stuff. And last question, pen or pencil? Uh, pencil. The math guy, so you gotta go with pencil, right? All right, Nick Peterman again uh, with School Status. We appreciate you taking the time, and best of luck with y'all's well, all of your products, but especially that communications project uh, product. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys hit the three and a half million mark in terms of texting. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of Class Dismissed. We want to hear from you, so if you want to send us an idea or a comment, remember you can always email us at info at classdismissedpodcast.com. We're here to support educators, but we need your support as well. So if you like what you heard today, please be sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'd also love it if you'd leave us a five-star review. Don't forget you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash classdismissedpodcast or on Twitter to search for us by typing in Class Dismiss. On behalf of Russ with School Status and Lissa representing all the teachers out there, I'm Nick Ortega. Go, and I'll talk with you next week. Class dismissed.